Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems, which challenge all of us, are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth, and I'm here today with Michael DeCoo of Handyman Services in Columbus, LLC. Thanks for joining us, Michael. Thank you, Mike. Pleasure to be here. Good. Before we get started in the show, let me tell the folks who is going to be on uh, next on Friday. Tomorrow, we're going to have Bob Jutze from Senior Impact. He's a Reformed lawyer who publishes a magazine for seniors, senior citizens, and services for seniors. Uh, next week, we're going to have Ryan Walker from Differential. He runs a software company that helps startups by completing their software and takes a piece of the company for, for doing that. And I, I missed uh, Chip Shriver. He's going to be on September 5th. He's from Shriver Security out of Dayton. They're the Sonatrol dealer in this area of the country. Then a little bit later, we have Steve Beeler, the president of Kemba Cincinnati Credit Union. He's going to be on September 19th. On September 20th, we have Mark Handeman of Cameo Solutions. And for anyone who likes wine, we're going to have Bill Scarvela of Harmony Hill Winery on October 11th. Okay. Let's tell everyone. Oh, let's see. We've got something else coming up. On Wednesday, October 16th, we're announcing the new Sandler program in the Business Builder Series. This is going to be held at the Clovernook Country Club here in Cincinnati. It's called the Seven Deadly Sins of Sales. And we'll talk about what they are and how to fix some of them. It costs $25 a seat for that program. It runs from 1130 to 1 p.m. If you're interested in getting more information, talk to Carmen here at 513-753-9400, extension 106. We do have a, another Tip Club Networking on September 19th. That's third Thursday of the month from 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. And we're going to be hearing from Jimmy Fox in a, in a little bit. Let's tell everyone a little bit about you, Michael. Michael DeCoo, the Chief Executive Manager of Handyman Services in Columbus, LLC. It's an interesting name of a company. Thank you, Mike. It took us a while to come up with that one. We wanted to make sure that we put ourselves in the proper market and space and everything that would be beneficial to us, especially when it came to being on the Internet and with mobile searches and such that people use. That's good. Michael has been the manager of Handyman Services in Columbus since its inception in 2011. Uh, he's helping the business grow by over 40% per year annually and expects to reach over $200,000 in sales within the first 24 months. Prior to operating in the handyman services industry, Michael worked as a licensed real estate agent and a mortgage loan officer. Michael was also a stockbroker for seven years 
where he worked in the financial services industry through the dot-com bubble, the 9-11 mortgage meltdown. Michael has two sons, which he hopes will become part, part of the business in the future. You started out in the real estate world as a uh, real estate re- a realtor. realtor, and you stumbled into homes that needed repair when the inspections were done? I did happen to stumble into several different homes. I actually had a couple opportunities that came across my desk and wound up buying and purchasing a couple of rehab properties. Mm -hmm. So I wound up fixing up a few rehab properties. One took over three months Mm -hmm. to complete the project and then, of course, attempted to flip the properties. Unfortunately, I wound up got up with one and through the meltdown in the real estate industry and everything so that was a little hard pill to swallow but survived it and learned a lot fixing up a property working with contractors so you became a uh, landlord yeah no i didn't uh, eventually i wind up did get rid of the property so you know i was happy for that okay but you learned was that the inspiration for the handyman business partly the other one was the inspiration came from just people having a need for good contractors, good contractors to come in and do home improvements that they could trust. Mm-hmm. I found that a lot of my customers wind up saying mostly the same things over and over and over again, which is contractors aren't professional, handymen aren't reliable, they don't look and act professional when they come and show up. It's a pot belly, the pants hanging down. They may be dirty. They may not be able to communicate properly with the customer to give them what they need. Mm-hmm. So when I've gotten into the business, I've sort of attacked it with a different type of professionalism that people usually don't see in that industry. And our client base is very happy with that. They respond to that and they like that. So we've been doing very well based on that. Mm-hmm. So do you have a, a different set of operating rules to get that professionalism across to your, your prospects, prospects, people who've never done business with before? Well, one of our models that we do try is, and what I preach to all of our different employees and handyman that we do hire and use, I don't remember where the quote uh, was attributed to, but... What I preach almost daily with my other workers and what I strive to do is always to give people more than they expect. That's good. So and with that, when we show up, when we're doing the work, when we're interacting with the customers, we want to exceed their expectations. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to not just show up because you want a doorknob changed, but to show up and fix it and fix it right And if in addition to the doorknob, we see that your door framing is falling apart or the wood is rotted out, it's our job to notify the customer of that so that they can remedy the situation or at least know how to deal with it and that they're aware of it. Mm -hmm. To do anything less is to not really be working up to the expectations of the customer. No, also up to a professional standard. Correct. What percentage of your work is from add-on business or custom or repeat business from existing customers? You know, currently, I would say we're doing maybe about forty percent of our work is repeat business mm-hmm. from uh, new customers. We had a big push this summer where we've probably brought in about 
60 new customers in the last two months, and we're still continuing to not only service those customers, but add on new customers on top of that. Mm -hmm. What's the methodology that you're using for prospecting or getting those referrals? Right now, most of our customers come from the Internet. Mm -hmm. We do have a website. Okay. And most of them find us through that website. We do rank fairly high on Google and Bing and the Yahoo searches. Usually they come to us that way. I would say probably 60% of our business now. The other 35 to 40% is either direct marketing, which is a very small amount of our budget, and 25 to 30% from referral business. From satisfied customers. Mm-hmm. What are you doing as direct marketing? Are you buying radio ads? No, no, we're not buying radio ads, Mike. We'd be all over the state if we were. But right now, the little direct marketing that we do. Doorknob door hangers? <laughs> no, we haven't done that. I did that in the real estate industry, but we haven't implemented that with handyman services. Uh, if you want to work by neighborhood. Yes, it does. We have a client uh, called Gutter Boys. And they only clean gutters, right? And since they're sending, you know, essentially two guys a truck, a, tr- a truck, and some ladders out, they they plaster neighborhood by neighborhood with these uh, door door hangers. That is a great concept. It, it avoids moving the truck and the men from one end of town to the other end of town. Yes, I understand that. Unfortunately, in Columbus, that may work here in Cincinnati, but in Columbus, Ohio. They enacted a uh, new statute that prohibits you from doing that unless you have a peddler's license. And a peddler's license is $150 for a business, and it's another, I believe, 100 to 125 per person that you have going out putting the hangers up. So it gets kind of cost prohibitive. They uh, really want to discourage people from going door to door there. So you have to be a little more creative in Columbus to generate some business uh, mm. because that avenue isn't open to you. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll come down here, buy me a Segway, and go do that in Cincinnati. What is it, Hamilton Township? Hamilton, uh, Hamilton County. County. Yeah, maybe I'll do that with a with my Segway, drum up some business for handyman services. I'll open up a branch here saying handyman services in Cincinnati. If there's a need and you get some feedback, let me know. <laughs> the handyman on a Segway. I, I could see that picture in my mind. Wouldn't that be great? Yes, they have them with little totes on the side and everything. We can yes, carry our shoes and everything. Yes, it'd be hard carrying a ladder. <laughs> yeah, that one. Thirty-foot ladder. Yeah. Okay, but uh, it might make some sense. Let's see. Why do you think people buy from you? Because I'm a handsome devil. A handsome devil. How about that, Mike? Over the phone, you only use <laughs> Skype. I got it. I'm a handsome devil. You know what a blue devil is, don't you? It's a handsome devil. That's really one of them chameleons, changes colors. No, but that the blue. Do Blue Devils. The term actually came about back, uh, I believe it was maybe in World War One times or something, and the guys came back, and there was an announcer who saw them playing some sport, and the announcer goes, wow, take a look at those Duke guys over there. They are some handsome devils. And the name actually stuck, and they used it as their mascot. Hmm. But why, going back to why... People use handyman services. They use us because they trust us. Mm-hmm. They like us. They trust us. We give good, competent advice, and we take care of their needs mm-hmm. in a professional manner. 
We make sure we clean up if we make a mess while we're on the job, and we treat them with respect. What kind of projects do you look for as your ideal project? Well, I wouldn't say we look for ideal projects. There's some things that we do like to do. Um, we like to do fencing jobs. That uh, That's just something that I've taken a like to, and I like to install fences. It's great to be able to go punch 15 to 20 holes in the ground, stick in six-foot fence posts, hang up your panels and everything and look at that finished job with a nice double swinging gate on it and the customer comes out and they can't believe it and they're just thrilled to death. Mm -hmm. So you're making these fences out of wood, plastic, or steel? What about are they? Predominantly, most of the time, they're wood. Mm -hmm. Southern treated pine, pressure treated uh, lumber is one of the most inexpensive wood types but durable. And other than that, there is a company out of Cincinnati that I did come down and purchase some unique products from last summer, and these were steel fence posts. What's unique about these steel fence posts, besides the fact that they're better than wood fence posts, mm -hmm. is the fact that they're like a U-channel post and that they will hold their strength over 10, 20, 30 years, whereas any wood post, irregardless of what type of wood it's made out of, it's going to lose some strength over the years. Mm -hmm. These wood fence posts will not. That means your fence will never sag if these posts are put in the ground and put in with sufficient amounts of concrete in them. So I wind up having a customer in Grandview that was interested in them because I usually do bring it up. The cost of the post might be $10 over that of a wood fence post. Mm -hmm. But if you calculate the fact that you're going to buy a house, you're going to get in the house, you're probably going to be there maybe 10 or 15 years. You, it may justify the cost. Sure. If you're going to flip the house. Exactly. And so I had a couple that just purchased a house in Grandview. They decided they wanted to have the steel fence post. Mm -hmm. So I checked with our supplier in Columbus. Unfortunately, they had none in stock. Mm -hmm. I checked with another supplier. They had none in stock. I checked mm -hmm. with another store. They could order them, but they wouldn't be there for two weeks. Mm -hmm. So you went out to so Cincinnati. So I contacted the manufacturer, and they said, oh, we have posts in Cincinnati. I called them. They said, sure, we have them. I said, fine, can I come down and get them? I need 10 posts. They said, you sure can. I was able to call the customer back, let them know that the project's going to be delayed one day as opposed to two weeks because I'm heading to Cincinnati right now to get your fence posts, and I'll be back tomorrow and we'll complete your fence installation. Great, great. Michael, we're going to take a short commercial break, and we're going to listen to Jimmy Fox of Tip Club talking about the Tip Club organization. Jimmy, take it away. Hi, I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business -business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business to business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. 
This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat, please go to www.tipclub.com and click on the Events tab at the top of the page. Then, just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270. That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event. This is Mike Roth and Michael Deku back. Michael, do you have a company slogan? Yes, we do, Mike. We like to say, if your honey don't, we do. So if we can help you, please give us a call and let us know. We'd be happy to help. Michael, we were talking about why people buy from you and how you bent over backwards to help uh, this guy with the fence posts earlier. Uh, what is your unique marketing advantage that, that you present to people when they see your website? What makes you guys different from everybody else? I think what makes us different is the fact that, uh, and what you may see if you go to our website, is that we give simple responses. We talk about things that people can do to help themselves and some things that maybe they should look for if it's not a do-it-yourselfer type of project that may be in over their head and they need some help. We don't try to actually just sell people on going out and calling for handyman services just because we want you to call handyman services. If you have no need, if you need to replace the aerator in your sink because it's dripping, you don't need to call handyman services for that. Grip it. (laughs) Aerators don't drip. Uh, that's a that's a valve um, cartridge. It's it's a washer. And I should hire you, Mike, because you know the right answer. But people, I have we have gotten calls, and the customer will say, you know, my sink is dripping, and they think they need to replace the aerator on the front, and it's not well, the that aerator. Of a plumber joke. We had a, a plumber story earlier today. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Lady has a dripping faucet. Okay. And. She calls the plumber to come out. All right. Okay. The plumber looks at it and says, hey, it's bad washer. Okay. okay. Takes the faucet apart, changes the washer, dripping stops. Perfect. All right. And uh, he hands the lady a bill, $105. Oh, that's not enough. Man. She says, $105, that's a lot of money. All you did is replace the washer. Uh, I want a detailed invoice. So the plumber sits okay. down at the kitchen table and he writes out a detailed invoice. You know, sales tax was five dollars. Right. One washer, twenty-five cents. Right. Knowing how to put the washer in, ninety-nine dollars ninety-five cents. <laughs> well, sometimes that does happen in the industry. Hey, uh, it's all in knowing, as they say. Well, uh, in, in our world, we we would look at that as uh, unpaid consulting. Uh, I bought some uh, exhaust uh, tips for my car to make it look better. Okay. And I bought them because they looked nice in the picture in the catalog, and they said it was screw-on. 
I could do that. Okay. So I get them. I lay down on the ground. I try to put them on the Mercedes and screw them on, and there's nothing to hold them on there. And I, I'm going nuts. I said, Jesus. I hate to do it, but I quote customer service. Right. And I said to the guys in customer service, look, uh, your screw-on exhaust tips, uh, I need the instructions. There were no instructions. <laughs> and so the nice lady in customer service said, please hold. And then they took my email address. And the next day I get an email from them apologizing because there were no written instructions and no pictures on how to install these things. Wasn't that great? Yeah. So... Here I am, wondering whether I should return them. A friend of mine says, Mike, let's go out to a friend's shop, order a pair shop, and he can uh, show you how to put them on or weld them on. So we go out there, and he says, uh, I'm busy now. I can't do it. Weld them on. It would be an hour's worth of labor, 80 bucks. I said, shit. Right. I didn't like the idea of spending 80 bucks. So the guy would turn the screws. Right. Uh, my wife would, was not thrilled with the whole idea of buying them in the first place. And he says, well, you know, it's it's usually a clip. they got a clip on someplace. And so that evening I had a, a, a spare half hour. I laid down under the car with the, the the exhaust tip, and there was a chrome thing that was screwed down. It was right. a clip. I opened it up, rotated it around, and it clipped onto a seam in the muffler like a hook. It took all the weight off the end. Got okay. It. He educated me, cost himself a customer. So how good do those tips look now, though? Superior. All right. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Well, that's good. But, you know, don't uh, the same rule is uh, sell today, educate tomorrow. Right. Be sure to say bring the car back Tuesday, 11 o'clock. We'll weld them tips right on for you. Exactly. Uh, he educated me and he lost the customer. Uh, so are you and your brother Marvin the, the only two salespeople? Yes. Okay. Well, the, we're the two upfront salespeople, our other handyman people. We consider everybody to be in sales because once you go out and greet the customer, if you don't treat the customer right, we're going to lose a customer and possible future referrals. So, you know, it's interesting. We did a, a program uh, about a year ago now for another handyman service. He had uh, 10 technicians, and we did a program two hours a week for the handyman because they are the guys who bring in the most new business by referrals and by additional work on the premises that they went out to fix the broken aerator. Right. And they find wood rot. Correct. Well, we've, that's what we find. If we show up and we do our job right and inform the customer about what's going on with their property and what other issues we may see that are visible, our customers call us back. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, I just got a call back this morning from a woman that I've done work at her property three times, and she wanted to know if we did electricity, if we worked on electrical items. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we told her, yes, we did. She explained the situation with her circuit breaker box and her ground fault circuit interrupter, and we've got an appointment scheduled for later this week to go out and take care of her. That's good. Well, I don't like working with live electricity. Well, I got it, scars on my fingers. It can it. be kind of electrifying. But I'm pumped. Yes, okay. <laughs> yes. Do uh, you think business is getting easier or harder in general? In general, it's, uh, the marketplace is getting a bit harder. Correct answer. Because, and especially in our industry, the handyman services industry has been one of the most popular industries 
over the past 10 years. Franchise handyman services have just exploded, and there's so many people out there trying to get in this industry. It's amazing. Unfortunately, a lot of the ones that are out there don't know how to treat the customer, how to retain the business, and how to take care of the business and the customers in a way that people expect. Mm -hmm. We actually had uh, uh, the house doctor's uh, president on the show a few months back, and uh, he actually bought the whole franchising system from the owners, renamed it HD. Uh, We find that today you have to be really good at overcoming adversity to succeed in almost any business. Uh, What are the obstacles uh, that you see in uh, growing your business? Well, one of our major obstacles to growing our business that uh, we are encountering is keeping up with the changes on the laws, regulations, different codes and such. Uh, For example, in Springfield, Ohio, the plumbing code specifies copper tubing to be used in all water distribution and water supply applications connecting to the city's water main or the curb stop in the metering box. Hmm. This isn't a big issue as long as you know the regulation. However, if you don't stay current with the different regulations which change from municipality to different counties and such, you can get yourself in a little trouble. I was through a a new home construction uh, maybe a year ago, and the hot water distribution was through what I'm going to call plastic tubes and a a, a water distributor. Yes, that would be CPVC pipes. What does that mean, CPCV? (laughs) It sounds like something at Immigration and Naturalization Service. Right. Well, it's what most people would call the plastic piping that they put in houses. I'm familiar with white stuff. Typically, you're going to have in a house for water supply lines, it has to be regulated CPVC. Because it can only because it will carry potable hot and cold water. Then when you get to your drain pipes, that's what you call the PVC mm-hmm. valve uh, lines, and it's a polycarbonate vinyl whatever it's made out of the materials. Those can be used for drain lines, but not for potable water sources going into the house. So in Springfield, if they say copper tubing, that means no no flex lines. No plastic or stainless steel flex tubing going up to your faucets. Maybe no CPVC, no PVC. They want copper hooked up. And the reason, here's the reason why. I'll tell you one of the reasons why. Because with the uh, CPVC and the PVC, when hot water goes through that, over time, that CPVC line is going to start to bend due to the pressure and the hot water in it. It can have a tendency to bend, and you don't want that. Why not? With the copper, the copper lines are going to stay straight and true, no problems. Mm. The city of uh, Springfield probably recognized that and said, you know what, we don't want to have to have a problem with that, an issue down the road with our water supply. Interesting. I would have thought it was uh, plumbers who wanted to... uh, Make more solid joints. No, in California, uh, last I checked, uh, I used to live in California. You cannot put CPVC in a house in California. It has to be copper because of the earthquakes and such. What's going to likely break if there's a problem due to an earthquake or something? CPVC will break and come apart, and now you've got risk of a lot of water damage 
whereas the copper will stand up to the earthquakes. Oh, I didn't know that. I lived in California. We had copper lines. Uh, do you have a long-term planning process there at Handyman Services Columbus? Of course we do, Mike. What does it look like? It looks bright and sunny. No, I mean, how, what, what, what's the duration of the long-term? Bright and plan? sunny. It's indefinite. Uh, we expect this business to be a going concern for many, many years to come. I, I meant, like, how many years do you actually run out financial statements in advance uh, and projections of, of revenue? Oh, right now we're only putting out two and three years in advance. Okay, so so we recommend two and a revision every six months to add six months to it. Things change too fast here. We, we understand that. Okay, what are the opportunities and possibilities that you see in the marketplace? Well, the one opportunity that we haven't really made a dedicated effort to draw in more is small business and commercial work. Okay, commercial work is We business. have been getting some of that just by the fact that companies have been finding us on our website, so we would like to see more, and we do have plans as we expand and grow to bring in more of that business. Good. We're going to take a uh, short commercial break here and listen to a couple of Sandler commercials. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house, Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www. Imagine you just left your prospect's office and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real! He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 15 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. This is Mike Roth and Michael Deku of Handyman Services of Columbus. Uh, Michael, what do you think people are looking for right now in the handyman service? Right now, we've been doing a lot of plumbing work, mm -hmm. and I would probably say majority of our other work is exterior. We've done a lot of gutter cleanings with the storms that have came through this summer, so a lot of people are worried about their gutters being clogged worrying about water, getting down into their foundation. 
So we've been doing quite a bit of that. And, Michael, if someone wanted to contact you after the show, how do they do that? How do they find your website? Well, you can find us online at handymanincolumbus.com. That's handymanincolumbus.com. And a phone number? And our phone number is area code 614-233-1954. And you can also email us at help at handymanincolumbus.com. During the last commercial break, you were about to tell the story, I think, that the listener should hear about a uh, toilet problem. Yes, let me tell you. We get a call one evening about a lady. She has a problem with her toilet. Her toilet is clogged up, and she says she needs help with it, so we go out to her house and... She has a little granddaughter there that I believe might be two or three years old. And she says, I think the grandbaby dropped something in the toilet and it's clogged. It won't flush now. So, of course, I get the plunger out and plunge the toilet, plunge the toilet, plunge the toilet, flush the toilet. The water goes down like it should. And I think, oh, what a good boy am I. Fine. But before I tell the customer it's fixed, I pull off a couple pieces of tissue paper Drop it in the toilet, flush the toilet, the tissue paper doesn't go down. Mm. Scratch my head a couple of times, pull it out, the toilet snake, Mm -hmm. and I run it through the toilet. Run that through the toilet three or four times real good, flush the toilet, down goes the water, looks pretty good. Once again, get the tissue paper, drop it in, flush the toilet, tissue paper won't go down. Interesting. Yeah, now we have a problem. So... We now proceed to vacuum out all the water out of the toilet, pull the bolts up off of it, disconnect the water supply line, and turn the toilet up on its end to look and see what's in it. Turn it upside down. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm expecting to find all kind of you-know-what stuck down in the drain hole going into the floor. I pull the toilet up, look down in the drain hole, and it's clean as day. Very, very strange. Look in the bottom of the hole on the toilet, and I see nothing but white porcelain. Yes. This is our role. Very strange. So I have to get down on my hands and knees, angle my head back up at an angle to see all the way back in the curve of the toilet in the back. Yeah, that is curve. And in that S-curve at the back of the toilet, I get real as close as I can get, and I'm looking hard in it to have my flashlight out. And I noticed something, and I swear it looks like a barcode. Now I look again, and sure enough, it looks like a barcode. I cannot believe it. Well, maybe the toilet was barcoded. So, <laughs> no, it wasn't. So I finally determined that, yes, it's some kind of bottle in this stuck in the S-curve of the toilet. The problem is I don't have a pair of curved surgical forceps that are 12 inches long to reach all the way back in there to grab this and pull it out. That's when you put on rubber gloves. You can't put your whole hand up through that three-inch hole in the curve to get all the way back there to get it. Mm. So you really have a problem with, what do we do? Take it from the other end? No, because the bottle just moves back and forth. Oh. It'll move back and forth. It's not lodged in there solidly, but it's lodged in the S-curve enough that it can't come out, it just wiggles back and forth around the snake. Mm. So the question, the big quandary is, how do we get the bottle out? 
And what did you do? I grabbed some tissue paper and stuck it down into the toilet from the base all the way up to the S-curve near the bottle where it was lodged. Went to my truck, came back in with my handy-dandy barbecue lighter. And I set the tissue paper on fire. Okay. Tissue paper ignites. It burns. It winds up catching the bottle on fire, melts the plastic. The hair care products in the bottle start leaking out. I've got fire dripping out of a toilet. (laughs) You want to talk about a sight. It was pretty amazing. Fire and smoke, everything. But we didn't burn the house down. We contained the fire. The bottle melted, and it slid right out through the bottom. We were able to seed it and put it back, and everything was fine. Well, that's a weird one. Yes. Most of the time, we don't get standard repairs. If people call us, usually it's weird. Usually it's not normal. Usually it's something that's going to be a challenge, or else, a lot of times, people could have dealt with it themselves. <laughs> I don't know about dealing with that one. That was strange. That was yeah, a... fire in the toilet. That was a new one for us, too. Okay. That's got to go in, in the book. But we, yes, we solve problems. We will come up with a creative solution to get it done. Mm. Seems once upon a time I got the the problem book from Roto-Rooter. Wow. Rick Grillo was uh, on America's uh, Undercover Boss. He came down to the Rotary Club, and I met the guy, and he gave me the Roto-Rooter book. Right. Well, great. That's a funny just, one. Just don't try that at home. Don't try that call, at home. Call us if we if you need that. Great, great. Uh, we've got a couple of more minutes left in this segment. Uh, we have a, a, a rule here that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. So if you have a, a business problem that is a complex problem, to solve it, you usually need to use a complex solution. Uh, perhaps you can uh, share with our listeners a complex business problem that you had and uh, the equally complex solution that you came up to solve it with that might be uh, applicable in another business. Well, Mike, starting a business can be really daunting. And one of the major things stumbling blocks for us and probably most businesses that they come up against is taxes. Oh, yeah. We all love to pay our taxes. Right. We we do all love to pay our taxes. We would just love to pay a little less if we could every now and again. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds familiar. So one of the things that I wound up learning, because I like to read, I read a lot. And when I get involved with something, I just dive into it and learn as much as I can about it, about the process. And unfortunately, I was going to my tax professional and started asking them about my taxes was there anything I could do to maybe reduce those, especially with the business? And I really wasn't getting the type of feedback that I would have liked to get. Basically, basically they weren't saying, sure, we'll help you reduce your taxes. Well, you didn't have the right accountant. <laughs> Let me suggest a couple of guys we have in our President's Club program. They'll help you. Okay, good. So... One of the things that we did when we formed the business, we formed it as a limited liability corporation. Common practice. Exactly, because people are looking for the liability protection. They like that. And you can actually control and run the company a lot easier with a management structure that doesn't require you to do a lot of financial reporting and things as a C corporation may typically require. Mm -hmm. And there are benefits, great benefits to being an LLC. 
However, what I found was that being a C corporation does have many advantages and as far as income taxes are concerned, a C corporation's income taxes up to $50,000 is lower than it would be for LLC, which most people find hard to believe. Yep, that's hard to believe. So you brought the tax tables with you? I did. I bought you a tax table because I knew you would just find it, I mean, totally unbelievable that a corporate tax rate would be lower than an LLC or a person's personal income tax. Mm-hmm. And if you take a look at it, and for those of you who don't have it with you, if you look in publication 542, it's the March 2012 version on page 17 at the top of it, it lists the corporate tax schedule. And it shows from income from zero to $50,000, your tax is only 15%. Mm-hmm. Yep, I see that. Now, in comparison, so 15% of $50,000 would be a tax of $7,500. Right. Now, in comparison to that, if you go and look at the 2012 tax schedule, you'll see that a single person with an income of $50,000 would pay $8,536, or 17.07% in taxes. Mm -hmm. So you tell me, Mike, which would you want to pay taxes on, an LLC or a C corporation? I get married and change the tax table. (laughs) That's an alternative. You, You might want to look at that, so... That is definitely a possibility. You might save a couple dollars, but uh, for for a lot of people, that's an alternative that is simple and easy. And once uh, you make that change in your tax status, which is just done by filling out a form with the IRS. Is that this form uh, 8832? The 80 form 8832 with the IRS. You can fill that form out as an LLC. You will still remain an LLC, but for tax purposes, the IRS will reclassify your entity as a C-corporation, and then you can file a separate C-corporation tax returns, which won't be coupled like your LLC tax returns with your personal income. Wow, that's that's a really uh, important tip. Yes, it could be useful to people. Good. We're going to take our last commercial break here, and we're going to listen to a... uh, of San LaRule. We're going to listen to San LaRule number 19. Hi, I'm George Donovan with Sandler Training. I'm here to talk to you about rule number 19, never help the prospect end the interview. We've all been on sales calls where it's been uncomfortable and the prospect's acting uninterested or maybe even a little bit hostile. Your inclination is to close your portfolio, get up and walk out, but don't. This rule calls for you to hang in there. Ask the question that gets the issue on the table. Chances are it's not you. Maybe it's your company's past performance that's the problem or perhaps another company that sells similar products or services. Or maybe it's another salesperson that has nothing to do with you or your company, but you'll never know unless you ask. So it sounds something like this. Let's suppose your prospect's name was Bill. You'd say, Bill, you seem a little bit skeptical. Is there something that I've said or done that's 
made you feel this way? And if it is, could we talk about it? Or maybe you say, Bill, I sense that there's a problem. Would it be okay if we talked about that for a minute? So the important part is that you ask. It takes the pressure off of you, and it helps the prospect work through the issue so you can get by it and get back to the interview. So the next time you're on an uncomfortable sales call, don't bail. Hang in there and remember rule number 19. Never help the prospect in the interview. This is Mike Roth and Michael Koo of Columbus uh, Handyman Services in Columbus. Uh, Michael, uh, if you were going to implement some changes in your company to ensure uh, your success long term, uh, what two or three changes would you implement immediately? Is money an issue here, Mike? No, money's no issue. Oh, money's no issue, then I'd probably consider getting that chief executive manager some help. Okay. Uh, if you uh, examine the components of growth in most companies, they 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 focus around a couple of things: uh, strategy, process, and people. Here at Sandler, we like to do things in triangles. Okay. In your company, uh, how do you view those three: strategy, people, and process? Well, I we think all of them are very important. It's just like Bill Jackson was with the Lakers in the triangle offense. Mm -hmm. If you had one piece of the puzzle that wasn't working optimally, then the whole offense would break down. Mm -hmm. The company or the team couldn't perform, and they wouldn't win championships. When they had that thing working, there was almost nothing that could stop them, just like our company. We need to have each member of our team and every aspect of the company working for everyone to be prosperous. If the person who answers the phones doesn't field the questions properly, doesn't make the appointments and follow through with communicating that with the dispatcher and the handyman who are in the field, then we wind up having handyman missing appointments or getting the appointments late. In the same token, if we have handyman who are out in the service, and many times this happens, you'll show up at a job It'll be to replace a faucet, mm-hmm. which should be a simple job. The problem You're simple, knee hard. Yes, it should be a simple job. But the problem usually comes up is when you go to install that faucet, and then you see that the customer has copper lines soldered directly to the faucet. You have to cut out copper. You have to put in valves. You have to put in extra hoses. That's going to take additional time, and then our handyman is going to wind up being at that job for three or four hours when it was only scheduled for two. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, we don't like to just cut and run from a job just because we said we were going to be there for two hours and tell the customer, sorry, we have to come back to finish the job later. Or you cut out half of the sink. (laughs) Exactly. So we can't do that. So we stay and we finish the job. But if that handyman, by the same token, does not pick up the phone Call the customer, the next customer that's coming up and say, hey, we're running 30 minutes late, an hour late. Are you okay with that? Or doesn't call the office so that they can go and do that. Then we wind up showing up 
or we have customers calling saying, I had a 10 o'clock appointment and it's now 1035 and your handyman hasn't shown up. Where's your guy? Exactly. So we try to show up or call within a 30-minute window, and that's a lot better than some industries do. I know the cable company, they give you a four-hour window. So they got Larry the Cable Guy to take care of that now. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we try to be a little more attentive of our customers' time and such and try to make it a habit to contact a customer and let them know if we're not going to make that 30-minute window so that they can plan appropriately for their day. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, as a CEO, uh, Michael, of your company, what motivates you personally to make tough decisions? I motivate myself because I want us to be the best that we can when we're out there. I'm not the CEO, though. Mm-hmm. I'm the chief executive manager, not the CEO. Oh, who's the CEO? Is that Marvin? <laughs> yes, he can be a CEO. <laughs> but uh, personally, I strive to do the best that I can each and every day. Mm-hmm. And in whatever industry I'm working in and whatever job or tasks I have at hand, if you're going to do the job, why not do it right the first time? Because if you don't, do you really think you're going to have time to do it again? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How effective have you been in, in the company in achieving its performance goals? I know you said you wanted to reach a certain level of income, revenue. Right. Uh, We've been very successful. And personally, I've been pretty successful. I'm very happy with where we are in the marketplace in the Columbus area. Uh, I think our market, uh, we keep growing market share there. And our brand name is getting out there, and more and more people are knowing about us. So those are all pluses for the company and for the brand. Eventually, we are looking to expand throughout the state. So now we're Handyman Services in Columbus. Maybe a year or two from now, we will be Handyman Services in Cincinnati, Dayton, Toledo, Cleveland, Akron, Canton, Springfield, maybe. Mm-hmm. Are you uh, planning to be a franchise company or a company-owned store kind of business? Currently, we're planning on staying private. Mm-hmm. And if in five to ten years, once we make the transition and we're rolling out handyman services in Ohio, we may look to, t- to go public with the company, issue some stock to the public, and let them join us in our endeavors. Mm-hmm. Uh, are your handyman uh, company employees or contractors or both? Our handyman are all employees. All employees? Employees with the company, yes. Okay, so you have a little bit more control than some of your competitors are used. We have a little bit more control, and we feel it gives us a lot more accountability. Mm -hmm. The employees have accountability to the company and their actions and such. We can require them to be clean-shaven. We can require them to not have tattoos and such, which a lot of people, and especially... Tattoos are a problem, you know? Yes, they are. I'll tell you a real story. A couple of years ago, I go down to uh, home home improvement shows, you know, January, Mm -hmm. and I'm looking around for some stuff, and I had a couple of handyman projects, so I stopped over the booth of one of these handyman companies. Okay. And they got an eloquent... Good speaking guy like you, Michael, who's standing in the aisle and he's talking to me. Right. And he's a salesperson. I don't know if it's a Maybe. salesperson or, okay. or, or the owner. All right. And he had a, a, a technician sitting at the table, okay? Guy with red hair, long red beard. So, you know, I was a little turned off by that already. 
Right, so you don't yeah. like red hair? I'm okay with that. The red beard was a little bit unnerving. A little long. But he had he had his knuckles on the table, kind of like I'm showing you now. Okay. And he had like prison tattoos across his knuckles. Oh. And I see the tattoos, and I said to my wife, "We're moving along." <laughs> Probably best. Hey, I didn't you want mean, to find you mean out. To tell, you mean to tell me you wouldn't like Mr. Redbeard to come to your house to fix your leaky toilet? No. <laughs> You know, I find, I'll make another couple of calls. We we do understand that, and invisible tattoos. When we have interviews, if we see those and they can't be covered, then we do have a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had uh, a lovely young lady who was talented for an administrative job a couple of years ago. Right. She came in, interviewed, did a you know the equivalent of a typing test, uh, but had visible tattoos. And she didn't get a job over. Right. Well, as you can see, I have a long, on a long sleeve shirt today. And for our employees who do have tattoos on their arms, we require them to wear a long sleeve shirt. It doesn't matter if it's 105 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. If they're unwilling to do that or they have other visible tattoos, unfortunately, we can't employ them because it would be difficult for us to send those people yeah. into someone, some, some customers' homes. It's like we have a... Uh, it was not a written rule book of business development. We have a, a large body of knowledge in Sandler training. And one of the unwritten strategies is to have uh, people trust you. One of the things you need to do to get, make other people trust you in 15 minutes or less. Right. And if you go in with a beard, you you reduce your odds of winning. In fact, mm-hmm. we had a, a sales guy. Uh, he was selling glass block. Right. African-American mm-hmm. guy, Reggie. Mm-hmm. And he was extremely heavyweight. Okay, he would wear a sweatsuit every day. That was his uniform of the day. When I get Reggie to shave the beard, he sells more, closes seventy, eighty percent. That amazing. That. But he was down below fifty percent with the beard. Wow. Now, could have been a lot of things. It wasn't a scientific study where we had uh, controls and it wasn't double blind, but we, we saw that happening, and it made a, a, a lot of difference. Right. Well, I have no tattoos on my arm, and one of the main reasons is because in my spare time, sometimes mm-hmm. I teach swimming lessons and okay. life, and I do lifeguard training, and that would ex- really detract from my business if I showed up with tattoos on my body. So I do understand that point. Yeah, yeah. The uh, it, it's one of the things that makes uh, gaining good bonding and rapport more difficult because. If you go in with a visible tattoo on your arm, you're betting that the guy or lady uh, that you're going to call on actually has a tattoo as well. Right. If they do, you're in like Flynn. You, but you may be in. It depends on what the tattoo exactly. is. Exactly. You know, <laughs> some, some, some can be difficult to deal with. Uh, Michael, I want to uh, thank you for being here on the show with us today. Thank uh, you for having us, Mike. I'm going to give you a copy of uh, one of the latest Sandler books. And, 49 Sandler Rules. All right. It's Thank got you. Uh, a Sandler training calendar and a free, free training pass. You can come down here to one of the classes. Uh, it's how we help people make an extra million dollars, and so we've included in the book uh, one of our million-dollar bills. Wonderful, Mike. Thank you. Thank you once again. And thank you for coming down here to be part of the show, uh, Michael. And uh, let me have Scott close out the show. 
They Thanks for listening. Pass. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513 753 9400.